All right. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, where we connect and collaborate with experts in their industries, published authors, and fascinating people. As a chief inspirational officer, I'm focused on the development of people by unearthing their values, their talents, and their self-worth, otherwise known as that self-esteem factor. People matter, self-worth matters, time matters, and when it all aligns, everything works. And this week, we have Jake Melton with us from Dallas-Fort Worth area, and uh, I just want to welcome you, Jake, to this episode today. Oh, thanks, Marlo. I'm excited to be on it. Excellent. Okay, so who is Jake and why do we have him with us today? He's the guy that you come to when you feel like you're dealing with way too much crap in the life of organization. Um, Jake is a speaker, he's an author, he's a coach, and he's also a mental health and Tourette's advocate. He wrote the book, Cut the Crap, and uh, Maximize and Minimize Your Happiness. Minimize and Maximize Your Happiness. So um, we're going to go into some really fun things today. So, Jake, is there anything before our audience gets started to listen to you that you want to elaborate on? (laughs) No, I think let's just dive into it. And I think uh, as, as they hear some of the story and they hear, Uh, some of the other things that we're going to be talking about, I think it'll start making more sense for them. Right, right. And so as as we've, you know, connected and have gotten to know each other, you've got a pretty specific platform in in what you do and and some things that you've accomplished and mainly how, you know, what you've overcome. And so that's really, let's let's go there. Can you share um, your story with us and, um, and let us know what that platform is for Jake? Yeah, you bet. My story starts back when I was about six years old. I was over at a friend's house, and I was doing these weird clearing of my throat sounds. I was blinking my eyes pretty excessively, and my friend's parents were looking at me weird and could not figure out what I was doing. And they asked me, why are you doing that? Can you stop? And I said, I can't stop. I don't know why I'm doing this. So from six years old, now jumping ahead to the middle of high school, when I was 16, I was struggling very much in school because I was also, between that entire decade of time, I was still struggling with excessive blinking. I had this shoulder thing come on where I was bobbing my shoulder up and down and throwing my shoulder back, and I was doing these twitches that I could not control, and when I was blinking so excessively that I was having a very difficult time in class paying attention to what it was I was trying to learn and being able to keep my focus. And I was, this, this, this really took over my life. So when I was 16, it was at the point where school was just extremely difficult for me. I was playing basketball. I was also in drama. And I noticed that when my anxiety was higher, these twitches or ticks would come on but I didn't know how to stop it or control it. And I thought something was really wrong with me. So I had my parents take me into a psychologist who within 30 seconds of asking me a few questions, diagnosed me with Tourette syndrome. And at 16, I had no idea what that meant. He diagnosed me with with Tourette syndrome. There's typically two forms. There's a form that comes in the verbal, uh, in verbal tics, which is maybe you've seen people on YouTube or, um, Maybe you've seen people on TV shows or other things, or maybe people you even know who 
sometimes blurt out noises or words or sounds and they can't control it. And then there's a motor side, which is people with the actual physical tics. And that I was diagnosed with the motor side of it. So I remember sitting there in the office with my mom and this psychologist down at the University of Southern California, USC. And he said this, and I, I remember just sitting there blanked out. I did, I was, I just like saw the overview of my life. I got so concerned about my future. I got so concerned that my girlfriend at the time and my friends would abandon me because this, here's this 16 year old kid with a neurological disease. Then the doctor says, by the way, there's no cure for this. So there's going to be, I'm going to put you on medication. That's just going to kind of keep things uh, monitored for you and try to keep it a little bit under control. So I dealt with that. So as I sat there, I worried about a few things. One, I would, I was already having a hard time in school. So I was worried that, you know, maybe I would not be able to excel academically. I worried about the fact that would anybody ever marry me and would I ever be able to have a successful family when I have this? And the other one was in actually in high school, I wanted to be a public speaker, believe it or not. And I said, well, how in the world am I going to be able to speak in front of people when I have this problem going on? And it was so embarrassing for me for the next decade that I didn't tell anybody about it. I tried to, I, um, I tried to really just keep it uh, behind the curtain and I didn't like telling people that I had, it was so embarrassing for me. And a few years ago I decided, you know what? I've held this in so long and it, and it affects so much of my life that I want to start telling other people that I have this and maybe it'll help others. About the same time, I, my father passed away and I was actually diagnosed with PTSD after he passed away. I was having an extremely difficult time in the grieving process. I financially, my wife and I were struggling at the time. I'm the oldest of five kids. So I had the responsibility of that and he passed away two months before our little girl was born, which would have been the first grandchild. So I was at that time, this was back in 2014, I was in the darkest place and the most difficult place I'd ever been in my life. And since then, I have tried to take the challenges that I've had and the struggles that I've gone through and be there for other people who may be going through similar things. I had this epiphany or inspiration a couple of years ago that all the challenges that I'm going through, I'm going through them, you know, maybe to make me a better person, but really to better gain an understanding of other people and what it is they're going through. And it was about the same time, 2014, that, I was watching a Netflix documentary and have you, have you seen that documentary Marlo on minimalist? Oh yes. Yes. Actually, Josh yeah. Becker, he was on our podcast. So he's done an episode, Joshua yeah. Becker, who's a, one of the world's largest minimalists. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's so awesome. tell us how you connected to it, Jake. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually was just flipping through Netflix and I saw this. And for me, I, I'm, I'm very minimalist in my style and my organization. The co I mean, even down to the colors. I'm a very, I love black and white. I love clear. I love organized. And so I've been, and I've never really held on to a lot of possessions. I don't like physical clutter. So I've always been that way. But I, I pulled this documentary up because at that time I was watching tons of documentaries. I love documentaries. And I was like, well, this one looks interesting, like minimalism. I don't really know very much about it, but it looks cool. It's appealing to me. So let's watch it. And 
as I watched it, I got more interested in the philosophy of living a minimalistic life. And I started looking at books on Amazon and trying to find other videos about it or things on YouTube. And I recognized that there was so something to it that went much deeper than just living with, you know, a minimal amount in your life and having no physical clutter and not owning a ton of things. I recognize there's something deeper to it. So I decided to pursue it and study it and apply it to my life. And I realized, yes, there was something so much deeper to it. And it was, it affects, it affects your mental clutter and it helps you overcome what's going on emotionally and mentally far more than it does what's going on around you in, in your physical atmosphere and your physical surroundings. And once I decided to really implement that, I recognized that same thing in minimalism, you're getting rid of anything that doesn't make you happy or doesn't help you grow. And I was like, you know, I'm going to do this in my life with relationships. I'm going to do this with mentalities and attitudes. I'm going to do this with even some of the physical clutter that I might have had. I'm going to try and look at the things I'm putting into my body, the things that I'm putting into my mind. And I want to get rid of all the things that aren't making me better. So I decided to do that and cut the crap in my life and get rid of all those things that were holding me back. So fast forward to 2018, January, I decided that I was going to write my, uh, to start a speaking business and a coaching business. And as I was spending time trying to figure out what, it, what, what message I was going to share, I took a look back at that experience and recognized that this is what I wanted to share with people. This other people are going through mental challenges and other people are suffering with mental health issues, maybe teaching them how to get rid of the things in their life to eliminate the risk of anxiety or stress or depression. This is what they need to hear and applying it to an organization so that organizations can be more productive and, you know, accrue more revenue throughout the year and have happier and more satisfied employees. And so this, that was my story into how I got to where I am today and why I do what I do. Okay. So the thing that I'm hearing right there, so taking action, um, I mean, like anybody that is listening to this episode, Jake, I think is resonating at multi-levels um, of, of your minimalist approach and how it is simplifying. And you say mindset change and, and simplicity. It, it oozes out of you, my friend, and, and really, <laughs> right? Life, life's hard, and you're describing, yeah. you know what, let's kind of cut through it a little bit, and let's get deeper and richer, and that's what you've done, and that's why it's effective. Okay, so along those lines, they're listening to this episode, and they're saying, okay, give me an action. How do you tell these organizations, you know, what is one piece of advice that you help people get out of stuck or connect to that inner power through this process of, of change? Yeah. You know, what, one of the first things I do, and, what, and I would say this is a, a bigger part of my mission as far as organizations go, it's helping them understand the correlation and the significance between mental health or mental wellness and productivity in the workplace. There are, I, and off the top of my head, I, I can't remember the exact statistics because there's so many of them that I share, but there be, for those that are suffering in the workplace with any sort of mental health issues, stress, anxiety, depression, any of these things, it highly impacts their ability to become productive or not. And it, 
it really impacts their engagement and their satisfaction, which ultimately impacts the entire organization and the culture and the customers. So what I try to help organizations do is recognize we need to help your employees understand that they can figure out ways that they can overcome some of this mental anguish or this mental overwhelm that they're dealing with. Because once they start doing that, they're going to be more productive and engaged and your organization is going to grow because of that. So it's really taking them from the very beginning and the, the biggest cause of what could drive or tear down their organization. And that's, again, starting with mental health, which affects productivity. And so that's what I – it's all about your employees. If your employees are happy, your customers are going to be happy. So before even thinking about going outside of your organization and making everything great and perfect for everybody – it really starts inside, and with the amount of people who are overwhelmed and facing these things, I mean, really, we, we don't want to go to work. A lot of people don't want to go to work, and when you work in a nine-to-five, so, so many of us dread going to the office and dread dealing with all these things, and we have stress going on outside of the workplace and inside the workplace, so it's, it's just astonishing how, how much that can impact how we perform at work. And as an organization, you just have to be able to see if my people aren't taken care of and they don't feel comfortable and their, their mental health is not in place or, in the, you know, at least improving, this is mm-hmm. going to affect every aspect of my business. So right. that's, that, that was a long answer to your short question. <laughs> oh, no, but it, okay, it's fantastic. But then here's the thing. You experienced that. So you shared with me, yeah. you were one of those corporate guys, right? And yet... There's right. some truth here. You're saying, you know, I was a little bit of all of these things. And talk to us about your personal experience from going, you know, being in a corporate environment and getting that support and that structure to then going it alone. What is that transition for you? And give us some insight there. Yeah. Let me tell you this. I, so I left the corporate world this last January 2018 and ventured off to do my own thing. And one of the biggest reasons I decided to do that was I, I personally had not had the support in any of the companies that I had worked with in any of those organizations that I wish I could have had. And there were so many things that I was struggling with, with the type of management that was over me, the type of leadership that was in these companies, the communication, and just them understanding that we're human beings and we deal with this stuff. It was, you know, they kind of put these hard, hard noses on where, you know, I'm, this is your job and you better show up exactly on time and you better do all these things. You're a robot. You need to do the, you know, meet all these expectations no matter what, or we're going to fire you. And so when I, when I decided to believe that because I couldn't stand that anymore and decided to do my own thing, I realized I need to do, I need to help organizations do what the organizations I work for didn't do for me. So I want these leaders to be the leaders I never had. I want these organizations to be ones that everybody wants to be a part of because the ones I, I was at, I didn't want to be a part of anymore. And so that was a big reason why I left and what influenced me to do this. And just because I really saw the, the darker side of it and the negative side, and I want to bring that positive side to these these companies and these people's lives that I necessarily didn't get to experience in the workplace. Uh, okay. So that's why you're highly effective, right? I mean, right there is reason right. enough to work with Jake. I mean, you've just through the experience, <laughs> um, you know, your background, because 
you're right. People don't understand. And when it comes to mental health, you know, it's not an outward thing. People don't really know that other people are struggling like they are. And it's a tough conversation, whether you are the person with mental health or maybe you're, you know, that leader who has to lead somebody who has that, you know, and those sticky conversations, you know, how much can you really ask from, um, you know, from an HR standpoint where it gets, you know, crossing the line. So, you know, what you're talking about here is, I don't, I mean, it's a hot topic and I love that you are bringing it forward. Okay, so give us a little insight. So Minimalize to Maximize Your Happiness, Cut the Crap. That's a book you wrote. Um, what's, yeah. the, what's one of the key things? So we go out, we want to get the book. What are we going to learn from Jake in that book? You know, I, I wrote this book, and it's funny because it's, I would say it's about 100, I think it's 114 pages. I also have a workbook, which is, which actually has space for you to reflect and make lists and write goals. It's a very interactive style book and that's available. But my original one is, is only about 114 pages and I created it to be, to act as a stepping stone for people who feel like they're dealing with too much in their lives for those people who are getting up in the morning and not looking forward to the day ahead of them. People who go to bed at night knowing that they weren't able to wash all the dishes in their sink and their house is a mess and they're too tired to do anything about it. People who have garages or offices that are just piled up with crap. People who have a friend or a family member that brings them down and tears them down. I wrote this as a a stepping stone for those readers and those people who want to start in their journey to cutting those things in their lives that hold them back and mm. at the very beginning of the book the i mean it, within the first few pages i go over the misconceptions of minimalism what minimalism isn't there's a lot of con- misconceptions out there people kind of view it as this hippie movement or this you've got to live out of a suitcase or a backpack and you got to live in a studio apartment and you know you you're usually a single person and all these, you know, you don't, you, you're very black and white and everything's extremely organized in your house. You got labels on everything and yada, yada, yada. And so I go through and help people overcome those misconceptions because what minimalism is, it is getting rid of anything in your life that keeps you from being happy or keeps you from progressing forward. That is what minimalism is. It's not a, it's not a hippie movement. It's not this weird, you know, kind of, you know, it's just not that, that kind of philosophy. It really is all doing anything that's going to improve your life and getting rid of anything that doesn't improve your life. And I jump into different aspects of how you can apply minimalism in your life, uh, in business, in the workplace, in your family, in your relationships, even with the physical clutter, with your physical atmosphere and surroundings. And I cover each of these and teach the readers ways they can get started and figure out where they need to cut this crap in their life and challenge them to take action on it and give them ideas so that they can start cutting this crap and living the life they've always wanted to live and live a happier life. Okay. And I just want to thank you for anybody's listening. We all want to thank you for sharing greater insight into the minimalism. And, and you're right. I mean, it's, um, there's so much overwhelm in the world and yet you're saying, you know, there's, there's actions, there's things you can do. There's, there's um, support that you can, you know, learn from or receive to help you with that. And it is not just 
like you said, living out of a back of a van and a backpack. I mean, it is not that. There's so much more. It's richer and it's deeper. And, um, and that's what you're sharing with us. Okay, Jake, so as we're coming to the close of this episode, where can we learn about you? And I'm just going to be and show the audience. I saw Jake on LinkedIn, and he's an influencer. He's a guy who's got it going on. I raised my hand and said, look, <laughs> I want you to be on our podcast. And so um, that's just I, I see the richness in people, and you showed up, right? And um, you, you were so willing to participate, and I thank you for that. And um, so where else besides LinkedIn can people find Jake? Oh, let me just say that's very sweet of you to say, too. I've been very blessed to get to know you. Uh, so, yeah, LinkedIn really is I mean, even probably more than my website. I'm just, I, I do have uh, a lot of activity on LinkedIn. That's definitely an easy place for you to reach me and see some of the content that I've put out. Uh, but go, go also going to my website, which is www.jakebeasonboymelton.com. There you can see the services I've, I offer. You can also see some of the videos that I've done in the past, view some uh, testimonials of some of the clients or audiences that I've spoken to or worked with. And I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, so you can follow me on any of those. But if you want direct access to me, I would say LinkedIn or going to my website and contacting me there. Excellent. Okay. And so can I say, can I say one more thing for anybody listening? If you go to my website, you go down to the very bottom. I actually have my minimize to maximize your happiness, cut the crap, the, the electronic copy available for free for you right now. Mm. So if you go to the site, you can download and get your copy for free. I think it's eleven ninety five on Amazon right now. So you can save the eleven ninety five and get your free electronic copy. Oh wow! Thank you for that because there are entrepreneurs yeah. and startups that are loving what they're learning and uh, want to learn more, but maybe have you know have that obstacle. So thank you. I, okay, yeah. so <laughs> obviously Jake shares where you can find him, but you can also find him on our website marlohiggins.com, where you can learn to obtain Jake's book and connect to him and the multiple resources and add Jake to your personal circle of influence. Jake, we just want to thank you again for joining us today. Thank you so much. Oh, sure thing. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. And so we invite you to share this podcast with others, and we thank you in advance for your partnership. This is Marlo Higgins, your host and Chief Inspirational Officer. Have an awesome rest of your day.